You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's uh, fantastic to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to do yet another episode. Um, You know, the fans wrote to me a lot um, after the mini-episode saying, you know, well, we won't come back if it's just Pogues, you know. Wow. can't do it. I mean, this is a little hurtful. <laughs> I did my best, guys. He he abandoned you, okay? <laughs> oh, come on. No, I, I, of course I kid. I'm excited to be back. Uh, Pokes did such a fantastic job. Oh. Pokes, Pokes. Yes? I, I have, I'm having a, a vision. I can see the... I can see the death of this podcast. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's another X-Men movie. Oh, they're bringing the franchise back. Oh, and you've asked me to do it, and I've just up and quit. <laughs> that feels fair. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, what I thought would be a fun uh, F you to Ben turned out to be an F you to me, because I had to watch the movie, too. Uh, we're, of course, talking about The Wolverine, a 2013 film that I did not see until... 2021 the year of our lord mm-hmm. um uh, as it's no <laughs> as officially it's known. that's the way officially. i always say the year i sort of had like seen glimpses of it through clips or just mentions i i had seen uh properties. five minutes of it one time on fx and i was like boy this looks bad and i stopped watching it i sure didn't like know what i was in for i should have you know because it's a very famous like Chris, uh, Chris Claremont comic about it. Uh, clearly, that this is. Uh, I, I'm reticent to say based on. <laughs> I don't think this has. I don't think this is even remotely related to uh, Wolverine's Japanese story arc. I, I mean, some of the characters reappear, but they are distinctly different. Yeah, because isn't uh, I? I because I, I, I could be wrong. But isn't Mardico the one who becomes Lady Deathstrike? Isn't that her name? Uh, I don't. That's not covered in like the, at least the the Japanese uh, story arc of of Wolverine of the Wolverine that I revisited. No, there's no like elderly grandfather. It's mostly just like warring, uh, the, like these warring families, part of like a rich family, kind of that that that's similar to the film. Uh, and there's the appearance of the Silver Samurai, and uh, uh Yukio is much more of a kind of antihero in it, you know. Uh, there's certainly no third act <laughs> old man robot. <laughs> yeah, where they were like, the Silver Samurai sounds like a good idea. How can we make it dumber than it already is? Which is kind of dumb. Also, yeah, I looked it up. That... Her name's Yuriko. Is Lady Deathstrike. Please continue. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, this is not covered in this. In this, I wasn't sure if it happened later on. But no, no, this movie is... I mean, the Chris, the Chris Claremont comic, I mean, it's a good place to start. I, you know, I read it a while back, and I reread, kind of skimmed through it again for this episode. It's interesting because it's one of those editions, or it's one of those books or movies that has would have, has a much bigger impact had it been read at the time. You know what I mean? Like, because at the time there wasn't as much Wolverine backstory, so this was a pretty cool, and you know, it was very stylistically unique. It delved into Japanese sort of like culture and then the yakuza like it was there's some interesting stuff in there for readers at the time and 
things since then have been based on it so when you go back to look at it it's sort of boring it's actually really boring a comic i know that's probably offends somebody to say but it is not that interesting this movie doesn't ruin it because frankly it's pretty um it's pretty lame (laughs) all told i don't know if it's controversial to say but I, I I, no, I think it's reading. pretty somewhat accepted that a lot of Chris Claremont's stuff is uh, borders on kind of lame on revisit. It is, and like it is, what it shares with this movie and the problem with both of them is that many of the scenes are just Wolverine, just sort of like fading, like like passing out in one place and then waking up in a different place, and a bunch of people like dump exposition on him and then he passes out again. Oh no! <laughs> like it just. It's just like it just like sort of like fades in and out of a, a bunch of kind of detached scenes about Japanese uh, lineage and 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 the, you know gangs and 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 companies and, and then eventually there's some ninja fights somewhere in the middle of it. Um, and this movie is basically that, so I think it's somewhat of a faithful adaptation, you know, at least in tone. Um, that's this quite is a weird interesting. One. Yeah, th- this one was weird just for a lot of reasons because it it starts off one. I was very confused by the initial opening, in which we see Wolverine as a POW, and here's where like the movie. Uh, one of my notes just says, "I feel like somebody just looked stuff up on Wikipedia and didn't fact check it anywhere else." <laughs> Because Wolverine appears to be being held in a prisoner of war camp that is entirely comprised of other Japanese people. So I assume it's supposed to be like political prisoners, which I'm not sure we're at Nagasaki. Uh, There was POWs at Nagasaki, but they were Dutch. And I don't think the Japanese did not try to let them go. They were just far enough away they didn't die in the explosion. Uh, Yeah, this is certainly one of those like... uh inspired by a nugget of history yeah and then it's like very weird that like the guards are like well we'll commit seppuku before the bomb lands it's like why would they do that like i don't know it just seemed like a weird thing to be like i guess you know like what if it's just a regular bombing and then how did Wolverine know about hiroshima because he's been locked in a well and it just happened three days ago (laughs) because he seems to act like he's like Oh, I know what yeah. those planes were. So it's definitely he atomic bomb. The plane, which is strange. Yeah, he seems to understand what's coming, which is bizarre because I don't know how he would. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, scene. I, I, it's compelling, you know, Wolverine like pinning a man under like a metal shield and uh, and protecting him for what, what appears to be about like six hours before they climb out it seems wrong yes but, uh... yeah he was like all right it's time let's go and they climb out everything's still on fire i'm like you know it's an, like you Not knew it was time. an atomic bomb <laughs> at least wait a day also it's 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 conceivable that someone could be protected from the blast by being in a well but not from yes that guy would definitely have died fairly (laughs) quickly he he certainly died and if not the fact that he died he definitely didn't live to a ripe old age yes he appears to be like if it's like 2013 do you know how old that guy would be he looked like he was like 25 to 30 in 1945 that's a lot of time guys of course comic book and i do like the idea you know in the abstract that, that, that Wolverine is this anti-hero who can't, sometimes just can't help himself from helping people that he sees to, you know, that he can help or that might deserve a shred of his help. Uh, and that those people go on to live like full 
complicated lives that change the, the course of everything because more more important than wolverine like punching nazis in world war ii like he rescues a man who like changes ja- japan in, in, a, in a dramatic way which is you know just interesting. it was also though like a with. confusing way because it was like he started like a what appeared to be an electronics company and he was a guard at a prisoner of war camp like i don't understand how those two things would have related to each other you know what i mean like he obviously wasn't that high up he wasn't even like the commandant he was just a guy like he was an officer come from all walks of life i'm just saying it was sort of a weird thing to be like he's the head of this technology thing to be like yeah i mean he was just like a you know prisoner of war camp guard i don't know if they really pick the sharpest tools in the box to stand by and watch people locked up in a hut as a cold open, this had me interested. It was a pretty intense cold open, and you know, uh, uh, believability aside, I was like, "All right." And and then we get um, a classic Wolverine trope that we're all now now currently kind of tired of, but I think at this point would have been uh, a relatively fresh idea: is Wolverine, you know, wandering around the Canadian wilderness being a mope? Well, this was. This began my confusion by what exactly is going on in this movie. So the opening happens, and I'm like, all right, Wolverine was in World War II. He's a prisoner of war, whatever. Um, This guy frees him. They survive an atomic bomb. Uh, Then Wolverine wakes up from a dream in which he's talking to Jean Grey. And I was like, oh, when did this movie come out? Because I, I didn't know when this movie came out, which leads me to something very confusing later on. But then it turns out, that she's dead because he killed her in X-Men 3. And I was like, oh, they went ahead and said X-Men 3 was like canon for these films? <laughs> Which I was like blown away by that they were like, no, no, no. those uh, That movie that everyone hated definitely still canon. <laughs> and I was like, boy, that's weird. And then they show Wolverine's like sleeping in the woods. And I thought it was like he was camping. Like, you know, he was just like walking around. He apparently had been living there for quite a while why didn't he build any sort of structure? Like, I get you want to live in the woods, but at least build a tent. You know what I mean? Like, he's just sleeping under a rock. It seems so confusing. Like, it yeah, just made no he, sense. He, he, he's straight up living like an animal. Like, he's living yes. in, like, a, a half a half shelter. But uh, in, like, like a like oddly a clean crevice. flannel shirt. Yeah. Like, if you sleep on the Come- ground in the woods, your clothes don't look that nice comes into town not stinking of living in the comes in the dirt. into town and his hair looks like it's been conditioned for the last like six weeks it's so smooth so long but so smooth but like like in concept i love just ratty canadian wolverine wandering into town yes being mad about about bear attacks like it's it's very classic on brand wolverine well, stuff yeah this was also another confusing part of the film which is the bear attack which happens later because he sees the hunters who are going out to hunt on their dicks because, you know, they're bow hunting hunters. Uh, and they're apparently dipping their arrows in poison, which I didn't know was a thing. But they make it sound like it's definitely a thing and it's illegal. But did you understand the implication was the guy shot the bear and the bear ran off and he didn't bother to go find it. And then it came back and killed them. Because that's what it sounded like he said happened. He, he yeah he wolverine describes that they were out bow hunting and they shot a bear with an illegally poison dipped crossbow bolt yes. which apparently drove the bear mad newsflash 
Bears don't need too much yes. too much nudging to murder you. <laughs> Probably just shooting it with a regular. But the implication, the way he describes it is... Yeah. Because he says, it was too stupid or too lazy to track it down to put it out of its misery. The bear went crazy and killed... So I was like, wait, they shot a bear and then went back to their camp and were like, we'll find it later? That's not what hunters do. <laughs> the point of hunting something I mean, I guess- is to get the body. For some, you wouldn't just be like, I killed a bear, sweet. Well, let's just go home with no proof whatsoever. It was just I like, guess to, to Wolverine's uh, point, they are bad hunters. Yes, they're they? terrible. And then he, really bad. he stabs the guy in the hand and he's like, I don't dip my arrows in poison. He's like, well, you got nothing to worry about. And the guy really doesn't react in a way that made me think, oh, he definitely poisoned that arrow. It seemed like, no, it was just a regular arrow. By the way, all of this in the comic. Really? All of this, yeah. Does Wolverine very poorly mercy kill a bear by putting it in way more pain than he needs to before he kills it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the details here are fuzzy. I think he tracks him down. He he catches the scent of the poison and, like, tracks them down via the scent. That would make more sense. Um, And, and, yeah, and, 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 and fights him in the bar. Um, That all, that all actually is, is a direct translation from. I did one of my, my one of the things that I love though is so the bear's laying there and it's dying, and Wolverine comes up. He's like, "Oh man, don't make me do this!" And the bear's just like, "Rawr!" And then Wolverine extends his claws, which are made of an indestructible metal that are like razor sharp. And instead of like quickly slitting the bear's throat, stabbing it straight through its skull into its brain, he appears to stab it and then wait for it to die because <laughs> it screams in agony as it dies. That's not a mercy kill. <laughs> A mercy killing's yeah. sole purpose is to kill the animal or person as quickly as possible. If the person reacts or the animal reacts, you done fucked up. I just found that I was we, like, I was like, why did they make the bear? It was just so weird. It is strange. Uh, and then he goes uh, to the but, bar and really doesn't have that great of a fight. I do love that they include in the movies though that when people would punch Wolverine, it would just hurt really bad because his skull, like his all yeah. of his insides, are made of metal. It's an important note. Uh, uh, there's even a scene later where someone hits him with a ba- like a metal bat, and like the sound is very on point. Yes, like, like when you hit, if you were to hit like a car with like a metal bat, um, which by the way would also hurt your hands pretty badly. Yes, um, but uh, you know, um, I'm gonna be jumping ahead a little bit, but because you mentioned, it, I, I feel like I had to to get in here. The fight scene, you're right, wasn't too impressive, but I didn't think too much of it just because you know there was much more movie ahead. Um, it wasn't until the funeral scene where Wolverine's fighting uh the 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 uh yakuza like like in the funeral setting that i was like oh right the wolverine x-men fight scenes like absolutely just blue and uh uh, uh, in hindsight after you watched logan i i didn't realize i forgot what pg-13 wolverine fights look like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean where like every time he like he does kill a lot of people in these movies he does, but like every time he strikes someone, the way it's shot is as if they're just sort of like they're thrown away. Like he like yes. he'll hit someone with his claws he, and they sort of fly off screen. He, yeah, so he it's apparently not has bloody. like superhuman yeah. strength in this. But what happens a lot is uh, they film a person from like navel up, and Wolverine will like punch, and they make a face that makes it seem like he punched them in the genitals, and then you realize, oh, he's supposed to be killing, <laughs> but they just have yeah. a face like he just reached down and like kind of like tag their bag, barely- you know. They, they show a person sort of just like thrashing backwards as they're sort of like hit with the claws but there's there's scarcely blood typically yes. and there's definitely no 
like you know actual mauling which i know sounds like i'm just being like a gore hound or something but but the reality is is that like after watching logan which just shows like how genuinely visceral a wolverine fight would actually look like when a yes, man has slicing knife a person hands. opens <laughs> a man has knife hands it's gonna be gruesome so the pg-13 version just throughout this movie feels so off and odd um i couldn't i couldn't shake it it was not really the movie's fault you know, it makes more no. sense, especially when this movie came out, to do PG-13. Yeah. And if you do PG-13, you can't do what Logan did. So I'm not, like, blaming the movie, but just, like, for my opinion, like, after you're seeing Logan, all other Wolverine movies are just ruined. Yeah, well, it's also sort of, like, awkward because, like, you know, some of these arcs with Wolverine fighting, like, ninjas are, like, known for being, like, some of the most violent Wolverine comics where he just, like, disembowels people. And, you know, like, you're sort of used to him being, like... You know, it's sort of like when they made the PG-13 Punisher movie, and you're just like, I don't know if this was really a smart idea, guys. You know, yeah. like, this if the movie really is about a man who just murders people, I don't think you should make it PG-13. For a number of reasons. <laughs> One of which being kids probably shouldn't see it. <laughs> but, yeah, it does just feel sort of off. And this movie also, I felt like a lot of the fight scenes, they just sort of waste... Uh, like, the fight scenes are just sort of pointless. Like, especially at the end. I'm just going to jump ahead real quick. There's a scene at the end where Logan shows up in this Japanese village, and it's just full of ninja. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to show him, like, cutting through, like, swords, and he's going to be stabbing people and stuff. And, no, they just shoot him in the back with a bunch of arrows. And I was like, wow, this is a really, really dumb scene. Like, why couldn't you have given me ten minutes of him just like fighting ninjas that would have been amazing you know i mean that would have made this movie so much better <laughs> if it had just yeah. been him like killing ninja after ninja and eventually like i understand he heals but you know you stab a guy 47 times it's eventually going to catch up with it <laughs> and like that fight scene yeah you're absolutely it's right. not even a fight scene the one guy just kind of kicks him and then runs away and then they start yeah. shooting him with arrows visually and also a cut from the comic to a degree Actually, this is where they they, they differed because in, in the comic, there's a co- I think at least two, maybe three scenes where Wolverine's just sort of like battling the clan, this this, this like hand clan, whatever they're called, across rooftops, um, and uh, and they're all like you know bows, arrows, and they're even using like the arrow, the rope arrows, like they are here. At least some of them are, and he's sort of slicing the arrows and being pinned down. That's the fight that should have happened here. But yeah, we don't really get that, do you? Um, uh, uh. But that is um, a good way for me to talk about the thing I like perhaps least, well, least perhaps second least about this movie, which is the character uh, that you were just referenced, uh, Harada, the uh, the sort of leader of this ninja clan mm-hmm. um, that's supposed to be protecting the the grandfather uh, the the uh, of of the entire Yoshida company um, and family. Uh, who the fuck? is he and why do they write him so poorly i mean this character shows up like skulking at the funeral at the beginning which wolverine like makes eye contact with him and is like huh weird and then like goes into the funeral (laughs) yeah that part to me was when they show up at the funeral and there's just a guy (laughs) not hiding at all sitting on a roof and no one has a reaction like my reaction would be like um that guy's probably here to kill someone because why else would he be on a roof when he arrives in Japan and meets the Yoshida, uh, like clan family, whatever at their uh, at their home at their penthouse, um, they are they have a small country's army. 
yes. defending it with like openly openly holding weapons. So that would, and then later there's mentions of like threats and attacks. So if if that's been pre-established to you and the audience, um, and you see a guy just going like hiding up on a rooftop, yeah, that's that's that's, that's yeah, I, that's what got me because they had mentioned that uh, uh, the yakuza was coming to kill Mariko, and so yeah. for him to see that and just be like, huh, and then just move on, I thought oh, this Wolverine, case, Wolverine's not great at this. Wolverine glances at the um, the guy on the roof and then looks at and goes and goes just on into the um, the funeral as if he thinks that maybe that's a Japanese tradition of some kind. Yes, like he's like, oh, the roof guy. That must be a thing they do. <laughs> this is this was like the thing too that really struck me in this movie is Wolverine appears to have never heard of Japan. He has no understanding of Japanese culture, the language. He's like knows nothing about japan he's so confused by everything about japan when they get there but he knows enough to know that buddhist monks can't get tattoos <laughs> because he sees the guy with the yakuza tattoo and he's like wait a minute i don't think that guy's a real and i was like wait how would he know that's an issue like how would he know that shinto monks just don't get tattoos you know what i mean and then i also thought wait these people definitely had to have like for the funeral have met these monks they have to know these aren't the right monks like that they're not real buddhist monks but they appear to just be like huh all these guys look like they're in their mid-20s and gangbangs <laughs> i guess we'll just go along with them yeah i really don't know how they got away with it because at one point later when they show them running away like one of the guys removes his uh his buddhist robes and then puts on a pair of sunglasses because at one point when they're running through the, the, the funeral, one guy's just wearing like Ray-Bans and no shirt. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, where are these guys coming from? How did nobody yeah. see this dude at a funeral? And this leads to a problem the movie has where I believe the director somehow got confused into discovering that the Yakuza are superheroes, superhuman. Like, because uh, like, they're, I mean... They're he, a gang, and they're, they're 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 good at fighting. I I would imagine some of them are, but they're also just like people who work for a gang. If if you worked for a gang and you were tasked with like catching someone, and that person like showed knives out of their hands and then exited with you onto the surface of a moving bullet train, I would quit. Yeah, I'm all done. Just like I'm good, yeah. See you. I'm later. moving to Ohio. I'm all. I'm all good. I think I'm good here. The thing that what, I mean, what 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 blood ritual un, did these guys go through that made them both somehow like stronger than Wolverine and strong also enough so to com- stick a so knife at the top of a train that's going 300 miles per hour? Yeah, so so committed to like scale a bullet train horizontally in full speed with knives they brought. Like, who the fuck are these people? That is the goofiest scene. Cause like, yes, I and it's so I kind of like I kind of like some of the first act stuff here and there, but that scene was like the most Looney Tunes shit I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, especially where he gets the one guy to jump when there's uh, that, is that he doesn't Wiley need Coyote. to. <laughs> that is Wiley Coyote through and through, and I can't believe that it existed. Uh, yeah, it's it's astonishing. Um, yeah, it was. But yeah, like it was just the Yakuza confusing. are willing to like run through like open streets and like get in a fight with a mutant. Well, also like, we noticed there was there was something else that I noticed, which is Japan has no police force. 
because uh, these guys are running through the streets shooting at people, and a guy up on top of a building is shooting them with arrows, and people continue to walk past them on the street as if, like, that's just another day in Tokyo. When they run into the, uh, like, pachinko gambling yeah. parlor, and, like, no one Wolverine reacts. guts a man. Yeah, not only do they not react, I, can, I swear to God, as they open the door and the body, like, crumples to the ground and blood everywhere, someone pulls a lever. Yes. Someone's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wasting this coin. <laughs> I, I think they're trying to show us that it's gambling in Japan can be a problem. <laughs> Multiple that's, times. That's the subtle morale of this, or, uh, moral of this movie. Multiple times Jeez. when something is happening, people have zero reaction to it. Like, when they're in the bar in the beginning and Wolverine starts fighting and that woman shows up and pulls out a katana and is, like, cutting, like, stools and a guy's beer in half, none of those people, like, when a man... Uh, stabs another man in the hand like freak out and leave the bar they're all just like i'm gonna hang out and watch where this goes and then like they yeah. see like a piece of glass go into space he pulls it out it's still everybody's just like huh this is fascinating i'd go but i, I just paid eight dollars for this mixed drink so a deranged stranger just 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 burst in and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, i guess i'm gonna chill out for a little while yeah no, and then when she comes in with a katana nobody's like I should definitely leave. I'm not involved in this. And when the, the guy pulls a gun, nobody moves. Everybody's just like, ooh, let me stand here and maybe get shot in a crossfire. Can Mythbusters explain, just, do Katana's cut steel chains? Because it seems easy in this movie. They do it all I mean, the time. Yes, a Katana could cut a steel chain because most metal could probably cut a steel chain. But it would pretty much destroy a Katana. <laughs> They're not, you know, usually weapons aren't made to cut metal. Um, they cut they cut him repeatedly, and weirdly in the always comics, in one strike. In the comics, if I'm not mistaken, like Silver Samurai uh, has like a special blade that like has like some sort of molecular scientific like photon comic book magic in it that allows him to like cut metal and stuff. That's sort of like part of his power set. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he's able to generate a tachyon field. Uh, from within his body that he can focus into the blade of his sword. I mean, no, it's, I know it's comic book stupid, but that's like an explanation as to like why his sword would be able to do this. And I thought that maybe they, they would, because there's like a focus on the swords. Like uh, young Yoshida gives, tries to give his sword to, to Logan and later like tries to give it back to him through a gesture to bring him to Japan. And like um, Yukio carries, I think maybe even the same blade. So I thought there was some going to be some suggestion that that's what's going on. Like, his science has perfected that. But no. No, just... Blade, blades cut everything. <laughs> they cut cans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Most of that stuff was fine. But it was just, like, very weird that, like... He just, like, runs up in it. And also, I couldn't figure out, like... I get to prison of war camp. Why would you put, like, chains with, like, a... That would just be so much effort to get those people out to go to work every day. You're not feeding them. They're not going to get out. You know what I mean? It just seems like so much extra work. But yeah, he just like runs by and it's like, it just like hits it. And he's like, there we go. And he like Wolverine's like in, in a, a well with like 40 chains on it. He just like hits it twice and they all fall off. And he opens the well. I was like, damn, that's the best sword ever. Like he could kill Wolverine with adamantium. But yeah, I, I mean, Silver Samurai is ugh. yeah this is this is i mean like n n so recently we've gone through two films where a character you learn a character is in the movie and then you see what they did with him and you're disappointed like taskmaster 
was disappointing. Well, I mean, I, I think my recollection was always Silver Samurai was sort of a, a bit. Like, I don't remember him ever be like, being, like, a like a very serious... I mean, he's, like, kind of an offensive character in some ways. Oh. You know what I mean? He just, like, has, like, a like a rising sun on his chest. And, sure. Yeah, and I mean, but it's like, very but like, weird. But I don't think he was like, ever particularly science, great. Science samurai, like, a samurai with, like, tachyon fields is, like, one thing. And this big, like... I don't think that is what he is in the comics, though. Isn't he just a mutant who can make his sword glow? I think that's all he is. I don't. I don't think they just made up the robot suit thing for this movie. I don't think that's in the. The robot suit thing is definitely made up for this movie. But the like an old man in a robot suit is a bizarre third act. And what's weird here is is so you know like like um, Hugh Jackman has said this is like his favorite Wolverine film, right? What? And I know. Was this yeah, before um, he made Logan? Probably, yeah. Uh, probably, definitely, I would say. But he's he was really a huge fan of this movie um as as a reflection of the character and in a way i would get it from his perspective because outside of the third act he spends a lot of it like there's emotional introspection with him you know picturing Jean gray and there's um he's obviously like quite literally made vulnerable in this one and so he gets to emote a lot and be be hurt and to struggle so i could see why and there are some like you know there are some visually striking scenes with him like taking on someone with a samurai sword or or, or fighting like or being stabbed by a hundred arrows in that village i could see why you would you hugh jackman would think this is a good movie but for the actually average audience it's a confusing mess with a bummer third act uh, it's just a pretty boring movie which is what i like walked away the most with i was just like boy yes there's just not my a most common my most common note like right away was like i don't want to keep watching I'm not particularly like upset, mad, or horrified by what I'm seeing, but I'm just not interested in continuing. The movie does not get to its point in the first act very quickly. We Logan just sort of wanders, much like the comic book, from like point to point with characters just sort of acting at him, and him not really being sure why he's there. He's given like the worst offer of all time, which is like, "Hey, Wolverine, thanks for saving me. What if I took your power and you died?" Yeah, it is weird. It's like. <laughs> That was also something that I found like kind of confusing in this movie was like they were like, Oh, he wants to die and it was like, Okay, I get it. He killed Jean Grey and that really upset him and stuff and I get that. But it just seemed like so weird that they would be like, Well, he definitely wanna die and it's like he will die. it's not like he's gonna live forever. He knows that. He's gradually getting older. It's just taking a really long time. Like one day he'll be really old and he'll die. So it's not like he's like you know like a god and he'll just never die so it just seems sort of weird and they're like you know you think your life has no meaning and i was like does he think that because it just seems like you guys are saying that a lot why wouldn't his life have meaning he was part of like a superhero group that did like thrice save the world at this point why would he assume his life has no meaning you know what i mean it's not like he was like he worked at a 7-eleven and all of a sudden like can't die and he's like boy i don't want to do this for the next century then i'd be like yeah, yeah i get it like he was he has value he has tons of friends you know what i mean like he, he killed one course, person fo- yeah, following the course of the movies he was forced to kill a woman that uh he loved and that because she was a danger to everyone and obviously that would have an impact on a character in a story um but to leap from that that like problem that he's still lingering with to hey let let me let me take away your more like your immortality and what makes you you and let you just like become an accountant and die 
I yeah. guess. Is, it was, is, he was like, you pitch? can just have an ordinary life. And it was like, well, I mean, why would you? It, you can grow old. It's I like, d- that I doesn't don't... sound great either. And and, and his, he, he's, he's, he's mourning the loss of someone that can't come back. Like, I don't understand how that would suddenly make his life okay. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that the was also confusing. Really because strong. Yeah, and they keep saying, like, he has nothing to live for. Which I know he doesn't end up deciding that he wants to die. But it was just sort of, like, confusing where they were, like, like it, it looks like for a second he's weighing it. It's like, no, you're, like, just because you can die doesn't all of a sudden make what happened to Gene, like, oh, now it's tolerable because I'll eventually die and I'll, when I'm dead I won't remember. You know what I mean? That's just not how it works. It was very bizarre. And the whole thing with, like, Gene's ghost talking to him was really weird because, like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, he has, like, some sort of, like, you know, ptsd that manifests in very lucid dreams but then like midway through the movie she seems to be like yeah you want to die why don't you die and i was like oh is this like a side effect of whatever they did to him but that doesn't seem to be it either the gene gray in his head is just like kind of a bitch she's just like you should die you want to die your life's pointless it's like why would you say that to him (laughs) like i know it's his own subconscious or whatever but it just seemed very weird yeah it doesn't really endear you to like his loss like it's or to jean gray as a character because like gray as a character yeah she seems to be like it's your fault that i'm dead and it's like well you were that's, gonna kill everyone in a city that's another problem with this movie i know that i come from a place where i'm often being like good lord movie stop with the quips like stop being all jokey i complained in black widow that they that the characters reveal that they've been like forcibly like had a forced hysterectomy and they make a goof out of it um but this movie is the opposite where I'm just like Wolverine's just sort of scowls from for two hours and and everything bad happens to him. And at no point does he even like make like a irreverent quip, really. He's just miserable and all the characters are miserable yeah, and dying. It's kind of not fun. Right? He doesn't like, even seem like relieved, happy or enjoy the fact that he apparently I think had sex with uh mariko which i thought was a very weird like he seems like oh i guess that happens like she's a very attractive woman who seems to really like you i don't understand and, and like, the, like at least be somewhat psyched everything's bad from start to finish like logan is torn asunder emotionally from what happened in x3 which and everyone like, who watched I, X3 was, not because of that. Also those. feels torn emotionally. And, like, Yoshida's fucking dying. His children's lives are, are fucked up because of his obsession with trying to find immortality. The, the, the person who's been running the company is not getting the company. The person who doesn't want the company is getting the, all the responsibility. Like, there's, like, this weird wandering archer man who seems sad about everything. Like, everyone is dying and miserable like it's kind of a bummer to watch and it, it doesn't really endear you to keep like looking for more scenes i guess because yeah. i'm not against sad movies but well, it's just it, it's it relentless felt, the thing that me was like it didn't really feel like a lot of the angst or like the emotion in the movie was earned because like i said it, to me true yeah the, the thing with gene gray is like i get it if you killed a woman you were in love with that would probably real that, that would definitely affect you for probably the rest sure. of your life. But on the other hand, she I, if I remember right in X-Men 3, she like says thank you when he does it because she knows she's lost control and she's she knows she's going to kill everyone. And so she wants him to do it. And so it's like, you know, you, you in, in some ways you saved her by, you know, doing a terrible thing. But like for him to be like, "Oh, I can never do that thing again," which was 
save the lives of millions of people. You know, I mean, it's it's not like he killed her like because he was drunk driving. You know, I mean, it was like a horrible accident and he, he shuts himself. He killed her saving millions upon millions of people and ended a threat. And he's done that like three separate times. He saved millions of people's lives. How I, It just seems so odd that he would be like, no, I can't keep being the person I am who is a hero and is helping people because of this one event. It just seemed like to me, it just didn't feel like earned enough. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems so odd that he was just like, well, I'm just going to live in the woods for the rest of my life. And that'll make up for this thing. I, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like his reaction should have been, I have to only do good now to make up for what I did. Not be like, I have to never help anyone ever again. And that, that'll, that'll make up for murder. <laughs> it just, you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like an odd, like, turn of, like, thought for him. So it didn't feel right. And then... You know, there's also like uh, Mariko is gonna kill herself, which I couldn't exactly figure out. I guess yeah. it was because her father's Again, a piece of shit. Just, just piling it on to like the misery this movie brings. I mean, one of the only moments of levity I experienced in like the the early parts of the movie is the appearance of the uh, Yakuza member who was apparently jo- Johnny Tightlips. Yes, <laughs> I had that in my notes. I couldn't stop laughing at the guy who's like, "You'll never get me to talk. <laughs> You'll never get me to talk, Gaijin." I was like, "Oh, come on." Where'd they get you? <laughs> Here, like, and what was weird was, <laughs> I ain't saying. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, there was several moments where it felt like there was definitely like the person writing it was like, here's a here's like a place where we could put in levity. Like one of the scenes is when Wolverine's like, where's the nice part of town? All over there. Well, we're gonna stay here. And she's like, this is a love hotel. And he was like, I don't know what a love hotel is. And I was like, well, I mean, context clues are enough if a hotel is called a love hotel it's probably not a normal hotel it's probably a place you go to have sex that just seems sort of standard but like they didn't even play up like didn't that feel like that should have been a bit like there should have been some jokes there and the lady doesn't speak english so there's like no jokes wolverine just tries to get two adjoining rooms in a sex hotel which they wouldn't have rooms that adjoin it's a sex hotel (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just the, felt like I was like, why did they have to go to a love hotel? Like, there's no reason yeah. for the joke. The humor to play. is that they go to the Mission to Mars themed room because it's probably the least like provocative of the options that are available to them, which I thought was funny. And then, like in concept, and I was yeah, like you said, I was waiting for them to you know capitalize on it. But yeah, they come in. There's an absurd like meteor shaped bed, and like Wolverine's like, I'll stand watch. And I was like, all right, well, we're gonna get some. Nope, Wolverine passes out and just... He also goes and stands watch on a balcony that I'm not sure how he got to. Because I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a small limb and assume I don't think they put balconies on love hotels. You're only really there for one reason. But the thing that got me was like, yeah, I was like, oh, there's going to be a scene where like he tries to buy something from a vending machine that he thinks has like soda or beer in it. It's like a, you know... (laughs) <laughs> like has like dildos or like underwear in it or something and be oh, like ha ha yeah, isn't like the, this funny the panty vending machine you something. should have ruined the scene pogues <laughs> yeah, or, or just like some bit when they walk in that like you know there could have been like the visuals of the room really just looked like they found a very cheap sex hotel to film it you know what i mean it wasn't like over it the lo- top it funny it doesn't look like a sex hotel room it looks like a child's bedroom who's into yes. space yeah <laughs> it, yeah it had nothing that would make you think like ooh, like it had a coat rack like a place you could hang your clothes up that were just the planets and their moons. 
And I was like, that's not even remotely sexy. Like, it, strange. You know, also, I'm pretty sure most love hotels don't have themes. I think that's an American thing. I think love hotels in Japan are just rooms you go and have. Like, I have no idea. I think they're just hotel rooms. I don't have any idea. I have no idea about Japanese sex hotels. Stop asking. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen any of those movies. Anyways, <laughs> it's hard to this tell what's going on. There's so much mosaic. I don't know. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, that was like, and, and that was a moment where I was like, oh, okay. Well, if they want to play it, that like Wolverine for some reason, Wolverine has like no concept of Japan, even though he appeared to be a prisoner of war there, and he's like 400 years old. He somehow has like, I guess, still like 200, but he has like never like casually you would know things about japan like i isn't that i thought maybe it's just because i really like samurai but i thought it was like common knowledge that you'd never stick chopsticks into things so if they i thought that was just like a common knowledge thing you, you never you're never supposed to like stab something with a chopstick and you're never supposed to leave them pointing straight up and he's like oh and i was like why did he even do that either like if you weren't going to use them you wouldn't jam them into a piece of food and be like i'll come back to you <laughs> it was just yeah. like weird things and then he apparently knew no Japanese, which I thought was sort of like a weird thing to include. It was just like, oh, he has no... Especially because, I don't know, maybe I don't remember X-Men 2, but I thought it was implied he knew Lady Deathstrike before she was Lady Deathstrike. Or maybe I'm getting it confused with the comics. I would say I'll go back and watch X-Men Origins Wolverine, but I'm not going... Or is that X-Men 2? Which is the one where you fight... Anyways, I'm not going to but yeah there was just like that was very weird because like i thought if that was what they were going to do they should really play up like all sorts of like weird things that are in japan they don't really play up any of them and like the person who wrote it seemed to think like japan only has three things bullet trains sex hotels and their villages still look like they did during the feudal era because <laughs> like so many of those like i understand <laughs> that like japan has like some but, like, the house they stay in doesn't have an actual door. It's just a sliding paper door. I can't imagine there's any house in Japan that that's still the only door it has. Like, they would have to have an actual door by now. Also, it's insane. It's 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 Yoshida's home. Like, yes. And they, like, this is... They an never endless, think to endless, go look there. An endless thing in a movie where it's like, we're escaping the assassins sent by Yoshida, so we'll go to Yoshida's fucking old house. Why, what it's 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 an endless trope where someone's like i'll go to the cabin that belongs to the killer like i don't understand why you do this i will say from the outside that house looked really awesome but yeah it was also i don't it was just very i mean there are moments where this this movie visually looks interesting and if you just look at individual scenes there's interesting things to see um but yeah and then it just oscillates and just like the fucking looney tunes bullet train scene that i can't get out of my head oh yeah and then that i wrote down i was just like this is the dumbest fight i've ever seen just people holding on to an object that's moving really fast and like jumping like they're in a video game it just felt like a really terrible platformer and like you said why were the yakuza not just like fuck this man i'm just gonna fall off the train i'll have a better chance of living i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stand on a seat and just be a passenger like And, and then you, I'll go home and I'll say, the mutant got away. The, the super-powered mutant who can heal forever got away. That's understandable, right? <laughs> it also felt like uh, this guy's understanding of the Yakuza came from, like, uh, he went to a bar and they were playing, like, an old, like, 70s Japanese film with, like, no sound or subtitles. And he couldn't tell who was, like, a gang member or, like... Because, like, at one point when they're running away from them at the funeral, one of them just runs and does a backflip for no reason. He just does a backflip and then stands there. Yeah. He's holding a gun. 
So doing a backflip would be... But I was just like, I don't think the Yakuza are known for, like, running around being, like, fly dancer. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're the mafia of Japan. Like, I don't think that they're, like, you know, the crazy 88s in Kill Bill. I don't think right, that's, that's how the actual Yakuza is. So you, you've got to pick with, which version it is. If they've been tasked with killing you, they're not going to so like let you come out of a bar and they're all going to do like cartwheels off dumpsters in front of you and like and like they're going to gun you down as you get into your yes. car. Like that's how that's how the mafia works. But they also <laughs> did it too with the ninjas at one point where they're killing all the people who work for uh, Shingen and they're just like running around killing them. At one point, one guy runs up and stabs a guy in the back. And one of the ninjas just runs and does a somersault and then stands up and then somebody runs and closes the door behind. He's not avoiding anything. He's not going anywhere. It was just so weird. You don't understand stealth, folks. (laughs) The more you flip, the less you're walking and thus the quieter you are. Ninja vanish. Um, (laughs) It was just very bizarre. We're 40 some minutes into this episode Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why we haven't mentioned the worst thing about this movie i don't i don't is know it, if i is it the metal pillar bed i'll tell you what i'll tell you what metal pillar bed the the world's most uncomfortable bed yes. as if someone said if you could make a bed powered by ai that's made exclusively of neat of knitting needles it, it um, looked like something that would be like uh you remember those things i don't know like those weird office things they used to have. Maybe I'm too, maybe I'm old enough that I'm going to remember this. And they were just like metal pins. You push your and, hand in it. Yeah, or you could push yeah. your face in it. It would make like an yeah, outline. Yeah. They had them at like sharper image and shit. Imagine it looked like that as a bed. And I was like, this yeah. guy's dying of cancer. I can't think of anything less comfortable than individual no, metal awful. pins pushing into your body to support you. And I can't imagine the, 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 the visual designer who like worked on moving those pins like for that scene, which was like, huh. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> just, just, just like opens another window, like just types in job search. Yeah, he clicks <laughs> render, and then it's just like <laughs> All right. googling what I did wrong in my life. <laughs> but, but that, yeah, so needle bed, pretty stupid. Uh, giant samurai robot, really dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, is anything worse than this movie's attempt at a central villain, uh, of Viper? Oh, um, you yeah. haven't even mentioned it because. No movie fa- like that. That is this movie's, I think, biggest failure. It's clumsy, yes. generally, uh, here and there. It has a really awkward third act that kind of comes out of nowhere. But well, nothing poisons this movie, pun intended, more than this weird ass character. This the world's. I'm just. I'm not mean to actresses most or actresses and actresses most time. But this is like the world's worst actress. Just she's doing not good weird stuff that never makes sense for the whole movie. A lot of it is I, just her licking her fingers and then touching people. Which is What like is a, her power? I guess she's immune to poison, which didn't come up. Yes, it does. Because Wolverine isn't, Wolverine isn't known for poisoning No, anyone. it does come up at the end, which is, this is what drove me insane. Uh, the guy shoots her with a poison arrow, the poison that he used to knock Wolverine out. She then falls, conservatively, six stories off onto like a metal floor. And because she's immune to poison, that fall doesn't kill her. Like, she would still be dead. You can't fall that far and be fine. Like, when you hit a piece of... Like, I've never understood this in movies. They're like, well, if you hit something on the way down, that's that ends all your velocity and you live. It's like, no, you just die quicker because you keep hitting shit. 
It's so bizarre. She like and people in movies fall with like D and D rules, where it's like, oh, yes. you only feel like like thirty feet. Well, that's only a couple D, you know, D sixes of damage. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. It's it's Shake no, it a bone has broken. Um, yeah, and at that's... least at least yeah, she should have stood up and been like, I'm gonna, and just like her leg falls off or something. You know, like oh that... right. I'll, I'll scream this at the rooftops at every person who does a superhero movie, especially an X Men mutant you know movie, which is define your power sets before you start filming a character needs to have definitive rules to yes. how their, their their power works it's it's a good thing it helps making it interesting because you can make villains that outwit that those limitations or you can push those limitations like you do with wolverine that's fun when a character apparently can regurgitate metal spiders that attach to your heart and also spit poison, and also breathe poison, and then also has like poison, tongue? poison sharp tongue? nails, and can shed her skin to unknown purpose. I what couldn't are we figure doing? out the the scene where she sheds her skin. I just thought are, I was like, did they just figure out like some guy was like, hey, look, there's a feature I found in the CGI thing. You can make a person look like they're taking their skin off. They like put a scene in. Yeah, you know this character that already looks kind of, like, fucking cheesy as hell because she's wearing a weird, like, Mortal Kombat dress? Like, like, what if... I, it looks like a bad just, Mortal Kombat cosplay. What if we just had her, like, become bald for no conceivable reason for, like, the last third act of this movie and look straight fucking weird? And then I let's have her have, like, a very boring and generic fight with another character that just goes nowhere. anywhere in this? What is her motivation? She appears at first as a doctor helping Yoshida become immortal. To what end? Yes. Why? Then she shows up at the funeral and she's wearing like Gucci sunglasses and she's like recording people. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. And then she has like a really boring conversation with the head of the ninja clan where she's supposed to come off as tough. But it really doesn't work because in your mind you just think this guy's a ninja. Couldn't he just shoot her with a bunch of arrows from a distance? Like I get she's poisonous, but... You know, there's a thing called ranged weapons. And that character, is, that character is so inconsistent because, you know, we see him first seemingly defending Mariko uh, at the funeral. And you think, ah, a rogue, you know, you know, uh, 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 what's, um, he initially reminded me of, a uh, uh, God, why can't I think of his fucking name? Uh, the Robin that becomes his own superhero and is all gothy and runs on rooftops. Uh, you talking about Nightwing? Yeah, Nightwing. He reminded me like a night. Oh, he's like some sort of like rogue rooftop fighting, you know, like crime fighting guy that we're going to learn more about. And then we're like, oh, no, the next thing the movie shows us is he's working with the villain. And I was like, oh, weird. And I think that's probably I mean, there's a lot of faults in the story in this movie and there's a lot of like dumb parts. But I, I think the biggest fault with this film is, is there's really not a villain. You know what I mean? Like, if you look yeah. at the other X-Men movie, X-Men 1, Magneto's the villain. X-Men 2, Magneto's sort of the villain, and so is Trask. X-Men 3, Jean Grey's the villain. And there's, like, an actual villain, a person you, you're going against. The old guy dies, and at no point in time wasn't I like, oh, he's definitely not dead. He's going to come back as the Silver Samurai because I saw the trailer, and there's a big robot samurai, and I know this guy's going to be in it. So, like, that reveal couldn't have been boringer or, like, more telegraphed. But, like, he's not really a villain. His son's not really a villain because his biggest problem seems to be he's just sort of a douchebag. The, gra- the girl's uh, the, the girl's fiancé douchebag. Um, 
the doctor i guess is a villain but i don't really understand what she's supposed to be doing and why they care about wolverine so that he doesn't really make any sense um the ninja guy uh, at one point you think he's a villain but you can't really figure out what he's doing because he seems to just be following the orders of the doctor who you can't really figure out what she you know what i mean like at no point are you like oh i understand this is the person i'm against you're just like oh it's just a bunch of kind of unlikable people all doing something yeah. leading to a very boring reveal that the old man's going to be in the samurai suit and, and this this keeps happening you know we see him with the villain taking orders from her and then we don't see him for a while and we get backstory that he's like he grew up with Mariko, and they were in love, and he was a, a good-hearted man. And you're like, oh, weird. Is she controlling him? Like, I thought for, for a little bit, like, her power had some mind control component. Yes, you know I thought I mean? that was going to come up. Was like, she was somehow controlling him, or but, and that was going to be something, but... Nah. But then it turns out he's just doing it to protect old man in the mech suit, which is confusing. Which, and then he and turns then soon, on him? Just because, and soon, yeah, as soon as the old man like comes to life, he's like, ah, oh, never mind, and just tries to kill him. Like, yeah, he's like, take a fucking lane. Arda. This isn't the way. And I was like, Jesus. what is happening? And then that scene also contained what I thought was part of the most confusing part of this movie, which is um, the silver samurai robot is made of antimantium, so Wolverine can't like just cut it apart. And it has a sword that heats up. And at one point, it cuts Wolverine's claws off. And he reacts as if he cut his hand off. Why Why does that hurt him? They're just metal blades that come out of his hands. They don't have nerves in them. You know what I mean? Like, they're just metal. Why would he be able to feel them? And why is he constantly like, ah, like it hurt? I couldn't figure that out. And then later, when the when he cuts those the claws off, the samurai pulls out a sword one-handed and cuts them off. Later, Wolverine picks up the same sword, and it'll only work if he's holding it with two hands. So good job on that continuity there, dumbasses who wrote the film. Uh, robot. Oh, the robot's hands count as two. Thank you. Uh, that was just such a dumb... I mean, the conclusion of this film is really dumb. And then his grant... Like, it also didn't... I couldn't figure out what was really the purpose of... Like, they tried to make a big deal about the grandpa giving the company to the granddaughter because she was, like, weak. I was like, but what does that have to do with anything? If he's just going to come back to life, who does he give a shit who owns the company? He's just going to come back to life. And he's in a giant robot suit. Who's going to stop him when he's like, you're going to do what I do? You know what I mean? I couldn't figure out why it mattered who owned the company at the end of the movie. The reveal that he was in the robot suit is not only boring, it it, it, it undoes the rest of the movie. Yes, um, it, it just becomes very confusing. Because yeah, it, it it takes this character, it takes all the sort of like su- succession drama that we've been dealing with for the whole movie, and says, "Never mind, he's not actually dead." And so, I mean, is he going to be a supervillain now in a mech suit? What's the fucking plan? Well, and I mean, like the whole plan makes zero sense because they try to imply that the reason he picked Mariko is because she'd be weak, and then I guess he could take back over, which didn't really make any sense, but. The dad wants to kill Mariko because he knows she's going to take over the company. So he he gets the Yakuza to do it, but he decides to do it at the funeral where there's like 45 security guards. Yeah. Why is... didn't he just have them come to the house and kill her and tell the security guards not to stop them? He lives with her. Yes. He could have just, just pushed her off the fucking balcony like he almost did in the one scene. He, yeah, like, he could have just been like, she committed suicide. And why did the old man even have to clear. die? Like, why couldn't he have just been like, I'm going, you know, like just told the family he was dead but been like you know don't have a funeral it just seems so pointless for none him of, to none die of it makes sense 
And again, this Viper character, it's so unclear where the fuck she comes from. She just shows up to help the old man and then, like, and was willing to, like, fight to the death for him. And I'm like, I don't get, I guess, power? I don't know. It's so fucking unclear. It's the only thing, uh, like, less clear than her power is her fucking motivations. Yeah, so, again, like, the movie oscillates from scene to scene. Some of them are independently interesting. Um, and, you know, Hugh Jackman, of course, is always good at doing Wolverine. It's just it's just impeccable for him. But it doesn't tether together to something that's, like, remarkable. It's, it's, it's sort of unremarkable uh, at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think unremarkable is a great way to describe the whole film. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's really, so. it's just sort of, yeah, I don't know, it's just looking real quick at the, I, yeah, I don't know, it's just not a good movie. It was very, I'm surprised that Hugh Jackman would say this is his favorite Wolverine movie, even before Logan, because it's just not particularly good. And it's not like, I don't know, even like acting wise, I don't think he really, I, I really like Hugh Jackman as an actor. I don't think he's very good in this. Like, I never really, when he's, like, sad and stuff, he just feels like Wolverine. I mean, I mean, he doesn't really feel like he's acting and, like, really emoting and, like, I feel his pain. I mostly am just, like, I'm confused as to what's happening. So I didn't even feel like, you know, like, from that standpoint, he could be like, oh, that was the one I really got to have an emotional moment. Because, like, he doesn't really. I don't know. Maybe he liked it the most because they got him shirtless as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it. He's like, if I if I worked out that much, I better be shirtless in every scene. Well, I think. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Wolverine? No. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, if someone told me this was like a movie they liked, I I could I could understand it. But if someone asked me if they should watch it, having not seen it, uh, I think my answer is no. No. Oh, so you, you would not recommend this movie? No. I think it's yeah. I, I think it's boring, and there's too many goof goofball scenes that don't make sense that it just doesn't come together for me. Yeah, I would definitely say um, it's it's not worth watching at all, I, I don't think. I mean, if you haven't seen Logan, watch that instead. And if you have seen Logan, just rewatch Logan. This movie, there's just nothing in it worthwhile watching. There's not one scene where I'm like, that was really cool. It's just like a pretty blah movie that's surprisingly long and surprisingly so little happens in two hours. So I think that wraps it up. The Wolverine... Uh, not good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it took us an hour to find that out, guys. Still quicker than watching the movie. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> this was for you. Uh, next week, we'll be back to tell you what movie. Ben will be back for the mini episode. We'll let him pick next week to see what torture he decides to put upon us. Uh, if you guys have movie suggestions, stop by either Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and leave a message at it's slash naos pod. Otherwise, you know, we're just going to keep picking shit like this. So that's it. Until next week. We're watching the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again. <laughs> that's my pick. <laughs>